Hi, everyone. I'm Jamie Hiles. I'm Lydia Judy. And I'm Derek Lamaster. And this is Scream Bloody Movies, the podcast where we review a new horror movie each week. We go over the horror news and we decide which is the ultimate Tom Atkins movie. I'm leaning towards Halloween 3, guys. I mean, that's yeah. the only thing good about Halloween 3. <laughs> we'll get to Halloween 3 here shortly. We first have to get to the first movie, which we have just reviewed last week. So give us your thoughts on that movie, on that review. I think it went really well. I hope you liked our costumes and our surprise. I hope it went as uh, well as we hoped it did as well. <laughs> <laughs> we may have already recorded that episode, and we may not have. So we may be speaking <laughs> into the future about the past. It's really timey-wimey bullshit. Is what's going on here? I'm not gonna lie. When you started talking about that, it like it was real trippy. I was like, oh, "Where am I?" Swibbly what wobbly. day is it? <laughs> we didn't do Halloween last week. Oh, <laughs> how are you guys doing this uh, lovely evening? I need about three beers. <laughs> But other than yeah. that, I'm good. Yeah, I've been pretty stressed. Well, hopefully we will help relieve that stress by talking about a spooky horror movie from the 70s. Yes. I mean, what can like what can make you in a better mood than a 70s horror movie? You know? 80 <laughs> slashers. Oh, okay. All right. Well. Just any I, horror me, movie puts you in a better though, mood. 70s? That's where it's at. I love the 70s. There are some if great I could movies, go back, of course. If I could go back to any time period, it would be the 70s. What? Uh, Derek, what time period would you go back to? If you could go back. To uh, man, I would go back to the 80s and invest in Apple. Yeah, well, that's a great <laughs> idea, actually. It's a very... <laughs> I would go to the 80s. <laughs> Much more deep than ours. I mean, I was... I always said that if I could go back in time, I mean, there's a couple things I'd do. Maybe one of the things I would do is I would, uh, of course, like come up with the idea for Inception <laughs> and then make it. <laughs> I'll just do it shot for shot, like 10 years <laughs> earlier. Uh, you know, yes. same thing with it's like that movie where that guy plays all those Beatles songs. Yeah. And they didn't yeah, know the yeah. Beatles existed. It'd be I like bought that. that movie and uh -huh. I have not watched it yet. Well, it's I mean, excellent it's a great uh, movie i would recommend watching it it's really i have not movie. seen it either yeah, i just know too. what it's about but <clears throat> i also said that if i would go back and just like write the black album or just learn the black album pretend like i created it and you know <laughs> just be like look at this album i created <laughs> my thing when i was little was like what if i could go back and write the spice girls <laughs> music <laughs> Like that's what I, that's where my head was at when I was a kid. Oh. I was like, I'm gonna go back and be the Spice Girls. My I often, I've often thought about like <laughs> if I went back to like the '60s with like modern distortion, and I yeah. played like a heavy metal, you know, like some thrash metal. So then right. I would be the pioneer of thrash metal, and then yeah. everybody would follow in my footsteps. It's like Back to the Future. You know what I'm saying? Yes, your kids yeah. are gonna love it. But your kids are gonna love it. So I want you to, I want you to imagine this. Just think if you could take like an Avengers movie back to the fifties, 
Oh, and, like, let them yeah. watch it. They'd be like, monsters exist. Dude, I, I always thought about like taking, you know, like in the 30s when you watch Dracula and Frankenstein, how terrifying those movies were. Imagine like showing those guys the fucking exorcist. Right. <laughs> right. Oh, my well, gosh. It, I'm pretty sure that the first uh, movie that they showed in a theater, there was a tr- uh, scene of a train. Mm hmm. Yes. approaching and like literally there was a rush to get out of the uh, theater because they <laughs> thought a train was coming <laughs> it's like you see in movies when they when they go up and there's like a uh the tv and they're like what is this magic box mm-hmm. how are the tiny people within there it's like <laughs> leslie nilson from uh the creep show now that of fascination course is deep yeah yeah he's totally about it I, I wonder what Leslie Nielsen's character from Creepshow would think about technology now. <laughs> He'd be blown the fuck away, wouldn't he? Yeah. Because he, he was all be. about the... He's like, look at that picture in that VHS. I'm like, yeah, Leslie. You know how long not... I had to... How many miles of wire I had to run? <laughs> yeah. Check this out. I've got 4K on my phone, bitch. <laughs> He'd be like, what's 4K? <laughs> anyway, we... my 240. <laughs> Yeah, no kidding. So now that we went off on like some tangent, I don't know what the hell just happened. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, I've got some horror news. I've actually got some pretty cool stuff today. We'll see. Pretty. <laughs> Let us be the judge of that. We'll be the judge. You reminded me of Freddie. We'll see, bitch. We'll just see. <laughs> Oh, I should have said that. You should have. Now now you know what to say. Then people would have been like, wow, she's brutal. Yeah, especially yeah. if we didn't you know, throw I, context. I can uh, edit this if you would like to replay that. We can be like a time machine. <laughs> That's true. I mean, we already are filming in the future and in the past at the same time. Know, oh, my right? gosh. Right? This is, Crazy. This is too much. All right, guys. So... On to the horror news. We need a graphic for horror news. Horror news. Ooh, good idea. Like style newspaper. Uh, we that could be something. Uh, <laughs> could be. <laughs> we can. I mean, we'll throw something on this episode, and then if you guys want to comment and give us a better suggestion for whatever crap Derek throws on this episode. <laughs> Oh, I shoot. don't know. We'll see. I'll see how crafty I can get. If I have time. <laughs> it just says big bold letters horror news. <laughs> yeah. All right. Let's start with this. Uh, it's actually big news, but it's uh, it'll come full circle here. Um, David Gordon Green uh, was discussing is uh, the development of that new uh, trilogy of Exorcist movies that we talked about on a previous episode. Remember that? Yep. So um, here's what he had to say. Um, Where's the actual quote about it? So, yeah, is Ellen Bernstein going to be in this movie? Ellen Bernstein's going to be in the movie. And he says, I think once you accept that it's never going to be what they did in that time with those resources in that culture, which was a very different thing than the elements that we'll be working with, and I'm very in a very different voice than William Freakin. What he did was brilliant. I want to honor that and respect that. Uh, to be true to a lot of ways and then evolve it into my own voice and see what happens with the fan base. 
Um, so it sounds like he's approaching it the right way. This is from uh, Joe Blow, by the way. That's uh, where I'm quoting this from. Um, and it was a it was an interview with uh, Joe Bob Briggs. So our hero, Joe Bob, uh, does that give you guys a little more confidence for the for the Exorcist movies? I mean, I kind of had some because we'll find out. I mean, we'll know the answer by now, time this episode airs. But I I had full confidence in the way he's handled the Halloween franchise so far. Um, so what are your guys' thoughts? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I do think that that is the right approach to have. So, I mean, are you confidence. are you excited about it? I mean, still, I yeah. mean, is this something that I'll I gotta get? I gotta get closer. It. I gotta get closer to it. To yeah. I gotta see it. I gotta be like, you know, I gotta be in the moment. I feel it. I yeah. try not to get too excited about things ahead of time. I'm like, like I've said before, I'm that person that I don't even want to know about it until it's out because. I'm just not gonna wait for things. <laughs> I feel you. I mean, except, the... except with this Halloween movie, I am really excited to watch yeah. it. I've been, yeah, I've been counting down I mean, the, the days. We've already watched it, but and we had thoughts about it. <laughs> I'm assuming that we loved it. Well, you'll yeah. see when we release that reaction video. So <laughs> let us know how we did on that. Let us know. Derek, your predictions. How much do we love Halloween Kills? I'm going to say we're all going to give it a 10. Oh, okay. Let's see how that prediction goes. I've never given a movie a 10 in my life. That's true. see what happens. That's a lot of, as they would say, uh, you know, that's a lot of praise. Okay. Uh, We've been following this story for a while, guys. Uh Uh-oh. So what's another installment of, Derek? It's got to be The Addams Family. Nope, close. Dang it. Okay, then it's Toxic Avenger. Nope, not the Addams Family. Right, What's right, the other one? Come on. Two. So close to the Addams Family. It's the Monsters. That's Rob actually Zum- what I meant to say instead of... Uh, oh, the Addams uh, Family? The Addams yep. Family. I meant to say the Monsters. Dang it. <laughs> it is a new bit of Monster news. Uh, Rob Zombie hints in the new Monsters movie that we're going to see some Dracula action. Um, oh. What? So it it so we see, see how Grandpa was created. No, not Dracula. You know the the Dracula uh, the Dracula. song. Yeah, and of course also Dracula. The reason that the song exists because Dracula is the name of the monster's car. Right. I Dracula. actually did see something about that. Yeah. So they're so, gonna be in the I car. Did, and I did it's think you saw it. you said Dracula. So here's some stuff from Rob Zombie's Insta. <laughs> so here he is the punk rods right mm-hmm. that's some and then there's another one here that's not loading oh there's the house again so yeah i mean that that jacket signifies that we're going to get some kind of uh racing scene remember when herman was in the punk rods and all that good stuff so mm-hmm. it's, he's pulling more stuff from the tv show guys i mean is it giving you more confidence or is it about so. the same do we have a cast for this yet i don't believe so um if jerry o'connell see. is uh herman i'm out no he's not jeffrey daniel phillips oh and sherry moon zombie will be playing herman and lily oh god 
<laughs> of course, Sherry Moon Zombie is going to be in it. Of course, she's going to be playing Lily. The only acting role she gets are the ones Rob Zombie gives her. <laughs> so, Jamie, what are your thoughts on the uh, the breaking news? <laughs> I'm, I mean, I'm still excited for it. I think Rob's, uh, you know, I think he's talented at what he does. And I think that he's approaching this with from a place of full love um, is my feeling on it. Because he, you know, he grew up with the monsters. He loves them. So I think that uh, we're going to get a pretty, hopefully a pretty fun, faithful adaption. I hope it's not like Devil's Rejects meets the monsters. That'd be terrible. Yeah, I hope it's not like that, too. We, we don't need that. We need fun monsters. Do you remember the monsters movie? Uh, which one? There was multiple. Uh, there was one specific one where, like, uh, Herman and Grandpa were, like, framed. There were, like, these uh, animatronic or... Oh, is that, like, monsters, of themselves? monsters Go Home, I think? Yeah, I think so. Dude, you know how many times I watched that when I was a kid? A lot, probably. Like... To this day, I can still literally see frames of that movie playing. Mm -hmm. out. I remember that. Yeah, yeah. I watched Back that in the so 60s. many times. Yep. I love. I love the monsters. You love the monsters too, right, Lydia? Yeah, I do. But I've never seen that movie. <laughs> oh, it's pretty good. Pretty good. It is so, really good. This is interesting. Remember the a couple weeks ago, I showed you guys the poster for the the Black Phone. Yes. That was the Ethan Hawk or the Ethan Hawk starring movie where he had the really cool looking mask. Mm -hmm. You remember it, Lydia? No, I don't. Well, hang on. The I'll what? The black phone? Yeah, the black phone. As in telephone. Look at that crazy mask that looked like the yeah. Joker. Yeah, right here. Oh, okay. You remember that? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I kind of do, yeah. Um, so the trailer is out, and I didn't know if either of you guys had actually watched it. Nope. I haven't watched it, no. Um, I've watched it, and it looks pretty cool. Uh, so that trailer is out, and I just wanted to see what your guys' I was going to see what your guys' thoughts on it were, but since you haven't seen it, uh, <laughs> you know, it is what it is. This, guys, uh, David Gordon Green says that Halloween in script is complete and awaiting John Carpenter's notes. Oh. So he knows how it ends. He says, through our creative conversation, we just assumed that he would be really pissed off. So the movie is his pissed off journey through the rest of that evening. This is talking about Halloween Kills. Nice. Um, although I intended it for it to be an aggressive and chaotic chapter, I never intended it to be this vivid. Yet it was just down. I was just down, uh, drawn to it in the editing room. Uh, the, his editor, Tim Alverson and him talked about it at great length and what's too much and where crossing the line is uh so he That's said all good news man yeah time will tell uh how that ending survives the court of public opinion but we feel good about it talking about the ending to uh, halloween kills so apparently the ending wasn't in the script it wasn't how the script ended so he said we got a little weird and came up with a point uh, so we're gonna find out apparently has an, an interesting ending so we'll find out here soon actually on this episode we'll know what it is but and this is where he talks about Halloween. Whoa, ends. He says, whoa, whoa, whoa. "Yes." Okay, so you're still on Halloween Kills. Yes, correct. Correct. We're going to talk about Halloween ends. Yeah, here's the Halloween ends part. Uh, Halloween okay. is is complete, and actually, I'm wait, just getting John Carpenter's notes on the new draft later. 
Uh, we knew where it was going, and we wanted Kills to be the symphony in the middle of the book of the Strode saga. So, um, what do you guys think about him approaching John Carpenter for notes? Well, the duh. Best thing that you can do, yeah. <laughs> yeah, go to the master. I feel like for... anytime, yeah, anytime that you touch a uh, a property like that, if you don't include the people who laid the groundwork to create the mythos, then you're really doing yourself a disservice. It's kind of like what they did with the remake to Nightmare on Elm Street, right? Like they didn't get any yeah. Wes Craven input. He offered him, uh, yeah. and they didn't give it to him. Why would you not get input from Wes Craven? He's just yeah. the yeah. master of horror. That's crazy. And see right? how that movie, you know, how that movie did. <laughs> yeah, not very well. <laughs> not. We'll talk about it eventually. We'll we'll cover cover that one. Um, guys, Jason Blum. This falls in line with the recent episode we did. Uh, Jason Blum updates on the Wolfman, starring Ryan Gosling, and teases more Universal monster movies. Wolf so, Ryan so Ryan Gosling's going to star as the Wolfman. You know what? I wish that they would uh, get uh, Amy Adams. No, is it Amy Adams? To... She was the one in the notebook with Ryan Gosling, right? No. No. Rachel McAdams. Rachel McAdams. Rachel McAdams. Darn, no, so close. Amy Adams is Lois get... Lane. Yeah, there you go. Anyway, uh, <laughs> they should get those two to come back and then like, Oh kind my of turn the notebook into the Wolfman. <laughs> <laughs> I have a scene Man, where right that would have made the notebook so much better for me. If right, it would have. Yes, I'm not gonna lie. I, yeah. I am a. I like romantic movies, and so that's one of my favorite movies. It is but not one it of mine. Better? Wouldn't it have been it's better? Way better if... than the book. Let me tell you what. I've read like five books in my entire life. That was one of them, and the ending was terrible. <laughs> Way so, different than the movie. Anyway. The notebook would have been better if Ryan Gosling was a werewolf. I agree. See, I agree. There you go. So, uh, I mean, thoughts on that? You guys excited for that possibility? What do you think of the casting of Ryan Gosling as the Wolfman? I, I totally see it. I think it's interesting. I mean, I don't know if I see it, but I think um, Ryan Gosling is a really great actor. So um, I'll definitely give it a watch. I think he he would be great. Uh, he's somebody that you want to root for, that's for sure. So mm -hmm. he would be a great sympathetic lead for uh, Lawrence Talbot, somebody that's charming but not as lecherous and you know spying on girls through uh, know, telescopes <laughs> and what have you. Uh, hopefully they do a better job into our webcam. <laughs> yeah, and then hopefully they do a better job of projecting the uh, pentagram onto people's palms. Oh, dear God. <laughs> this new version. And, draw, and you know, not drawing mention, it on with pencil. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And if they they only mention the poem one time, I think we'll be okay. <laughs> no, dude, you've got to mention that. You got to mention that fucker like at least forty. If they don't say every it other forty scene. times. Yeah, like basically every other line of dialogue should should be when the uh, when the wolf bane blooms. <laughs> it's gonna be like a Shakespearean. What? Like it'll just be all poetry. <laughs> What light thou yonder window breaks? In the dead of night, even a man pure of heart. <laughs> <laughs> um, and last but not least, guys, um, Halloween, as time of this recording, Halloween Kills premiered, uh, had its premiere yesterday. 
and Jamie Lee Curtis dressed up as her mom, Janet Lee from Psycho. It was a Halloween themed. You guys want to see That's this picture? Awesome. Yeah. Yes. So here's Jamie as Janet Aww. Lee. Oh my gosh. That's Tell me awesome. that's not the sweetest thing you've ever seen. That's awesome. Yep. <laughs> he said, yep. Here's, of course, uh, Judy Greer. She's dressed up as, uh, looks like Annie Hall from the movie Annie Hall. And there's Jamie, of course, as uh, her mom from Psycho. There's her shower curtain that she was stabbed in. <laughs> mm -hmm. What the heck? And there she is with the shape. awesome yeah i figured you guys would get a kick out of that um i know i did what a good sport yeah mm -hmm. she really knows that she is loved in this community oh yeah she knows she knows she's our scream queen you know mm -hmm. and will forever be so yeah and that wraps up the horror news this week guys um <clears throat> final thoughts i like the the wolfman news yeah I'm, that's I'm, gonna be a lot of fun i'm excited about that and i'm excited about the uh the exorcist stuff uh because i mean we haven't t spoken on the exorcist on this podcast yet we haven't reviewed it we will um but i i really dig the first exorcist and i dig that world that it creates um 70s horror 70s horror you guys you guys know what my all-time favorite horror movie is and it's 70s horror so 78 right Yep. I mean, we just talked about it last week. Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh, shoot. So, guys, now that we got the horror out of the way, let's talk about another 70s horror. Let's talk about the Amityville horror. You guys like what I did there? <laughs> you know what? Put me on wheels because that was a segue. <laughs> definitely right. cutting that out of this episode. Buck walking. <laughs> Get on the Segway. That's that's <laughs> enough, Jamie. Okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh this the Amityville horror. Um let's of course, like we do every week, let's talk about our experience with the Amityville horror and if this was our first time seeing it. Uh let's start with you, Lydia. What's your history with the Amityville horror? So, um, I can't remember the first time I saw this one. Um, the My first experience with Amityville Horror was the remake with Ryan Reynolds. Um, and that scared me so bad. I watched it in my room alone. I tried to watch it in my room alone with the lights off. And I could not get through the movie. I couldn't finish it. I was so terrified. So I was like, this is one of the scariest movies. Like I was convinced because I didn't see the ending that this was like the scariest movie out there. <laughs> so I finally ended up uh, watching it. And then I went back to watch the original. And I now I've seen the original. Uh, I don't know how many times I've seen it. I really enjoy it. Um, but I can't remember the first time I saw this one. Derek. But it's a classic for sure you in the avh <laughs> so, i haven't seen this movie since it was on vhs or a rerun on like tbs <laughs> so it's been like you know two and a half decades uh but there is one scene i remember from this movie 
and that's the only scene I remember from this movie, and that's when that guy loses the $1,500. <laughs> that's real horror right there. That is. That's, that's, that is so just, stressful. Yeah, especially the I did the I uh, from this movie. I did the math on that, and we'll I'll do. I did math on another bit too, which we'll talk about when we get into it. But I did the math on that, and it's like seven thousand dollars in today's money. So yeah, that's a lot. I, that is terrifying. Yes. <laughs> Holy cow! Nineteen when this movie came out. Well, the movie came out in seventy nine, but the story takes place in nineteen seventy four. I do believe nineteen seventy three is when the story takes place. So. You know, or at least that's when the actual Lutzes allegedly were haunted. Yeah. Um. So I've watched this movie since as long as I can remember watching horror movies. So uh, I was talking to my dad about this actually uh, earlier today, and um, there was a time I remember vividly watching this. Uh, I was staying at my parents' house, and um, what was that? Was <laughs> that the toilet? <laughs> My chair. Oh God! So Derek gets a better chair, and yours starts <laughs> crapping out. I thought, I thought somebody flushed the toilet. <laughs> Let me get through my Amityville story. Damn it! So sorry. <laughs> Three years later, so I was watching Amityville, guys. <laughs> so um, I was watching it at my dad's, and I went to bed, and you know, didn't think much of it. Went to sleep. Had a terrible nightmare because. The movie was very scary when I was little. And uh, I remember waking up and I remember thinking to myself, I'm going to go get mom and dad. I'm going to wake them up because they're down, clear down on the other end of the house for me. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to go wake them up um, and tell them that I'm scared. And maybe they'll let me lay, lay in bed with them. And then I started to get out of bed and I realized that's clear across the house. I Jody could get me within that time frame. So I stayed in bed. I covered myself up. And I, I remember telling uh, mom about it years later. And she was like, oh, why did we let you watch that? Well, you should have totally came and got me. And I was like, no, no, I was good. It's good to bask in the fear. Yeah. That's so, how you know you're alive. That's how you know you're alive. So and you're just terrified under your covers as a kid. The same thing happened when I saw it the first time. Oh, man. I was sitting in the, uh, my bed was like in the middle of the room. Like it wasn't against any walls, at least on the sides. So I remember after that movie, I laid in the middle of the bed because I was convinced that Pennywise was going to reach out from under the bed and get me. Ooh. <laughs> so scary. Yeah. So let's get on with this review let's start the review of the movie itself so what do you guys think of the opening of this movie you know it opens with the 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 house with the red it's red tinted and it look the eye the two top windows are lit up they look like eyes and it's playing lalo shaffron's very creepy score um what are you guys thoughts on this intro you're hearing it in your head aren't you yeah if they would have uh stop the movie right there it'd be a perfect 10. that yeah the way that uh, everything was lit the fact that it's dark you've got the two windows in the very top they look like eyes and then you start seeing the flashes and the gunshots mm. and it's like the different rooms that he had moved around 
<clears throat> to kill his family. I thought that was brilliant, and I loved the opening. It was great. Yeah, I really enjoy it too. Lydia? Yeah, I agree. It's a very strong opening. I really like the red um, at the beginning, and it just kind of tells you, like, this is going to be, this is like, you know, something really bloody happened here, and it's like, you know, it's like a warning, like, straight up at the beginning like this is gonna be scary <laughs> yeah it totally uh it totally uh sets the tone like foreshadows uh the the evil that's about to be committed and then we like derek said we start to see the flashes in the window and we hear the bangs each time it's a brilliant way to shoot that and actually i would argue that there's a bit late here in a few minutes when we see the actual murder i feel like seeing the bangs in the window is even more effective than seeing the mm -hmm. actual murder oh well, yeah i agree I, I really enjoyed that because it's just so we get a scene with the police officer and this police officer comes back later. Right. And mm -hmm. he's investigating like they're wheeling out the bodies. They're talking about how, you know, all the, the family's all dead. They don't know about Ronnie DeFeo catching him, you know, catching him yet. All that stuff. Um, I don't know if you guys noticed, but the Back to the Future principal is yep. the other cop. Yep. Mr. Strickland. Yeah. Did principal you did Strickland, you see that, yeah. Lydia? No. Well, that's because you're a slacker. Judy. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody likes slackers. <laughs> you know, your old man was a slacker. <laughs> <laughs> Dang it. <laughs> I feel yes. so attacked right now. So yeah, Strickland's in this. I thought that was funny. I, I had to put that in there. I was like, whoa, what's he doing in here? <laughs> so then from that scene, we basically time, we do a time jump to the DeFeo's buying the house. Uh, yeah. So they're, they're already the the realtor is walking through, which this realtor reminds me of how, like how Nanny probably is as a realtor. <laughs> <laughs> Can you just imagine Nanny in that part? I mean, come on. Yeah, uh, I mean, I yeah, I mean, we you, did you go look for your house with her? I did. So we both went. You know, we we've been there. We've been in this where we're yeah. looking for a house with Nanny, and she was exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Nanny is our grandma, and yeah, she uh, she's our she was my realtor, was Lydia's realtor, and this woman reminds me of a uh, Nanny. So <laughs> <laughs> shout out, shout out to Nanny shout out if Nanny you, if you listen to this episode. I don't think she listens just like uh, <laughs> Sarah doesn't listen. <laughs> Jake doesn't uh, listen anymore either. Yeah. Oh, good. We can make fun of both of them mercilessly. <laughs> um, so they're going through and they're walking through the whole house. And what's interesting, what is cool is like, so they know about the murders and they're still interested in buying it because the house is dirt cheap for them. You know, like it's um, $80,000. I did yeah. too. $80,000. So $80,000 in 1973 when the movie supposed to take place is roughly the equivalent of four hundred thousand dollars yeah this is a four hundred thousand dollar house so there's they're basically spending four hundred thousand dollars to buy this home and judging by georgia's financial situation it doesn't seem like that's a viable option because i don't think kathy works does kathy work in this I'm not Good that question. I remember. Well, uh, also, so he makes a comment he that the house is easily worth one hundred and twenty thousand, mm -hmm. 
which would equate to about $650,000. So they're getting a great deal on this house. Yes, yes. And yeah, he does make a comment, you know, we can eat casserole for the next Yeah, yeah, next we can number of... we can stretch it. Yeah. Yeah. We can stretch it. Um welcome to House Finances, the podcast where we speak of the <laughs> <laughs> But I did think that that was very funny that we have like a whole scene of them sitting it's uh, in the attic discussing the finances of this house. Dude, but, I'm not going to lie to you. If uh, no, I I don't have four hundred thousand, let alone six hundred thousand. But like if if you if it was at the very tip top of your budget, a house like that, a fit man, you got to do everything you can to get that house. Anyway, go well, ahead. Well, uh, they probably wish they wouldn't have. Actually, that's not true. I, I think mean, hindsight. I think the real lessons are glad they did because they made Buku mm. bucks. But the movie lessons are not so happy with this decision, probably, at the end of this movie. But, um... <laughs> <laughs> so, let, I mean, let's just get that out of the way right now, though. The, this story did not actually happen. <laughs> right. <laughs> but... Well, the- what did come out of this uh, is that creepy picture of the little boy that they, oh. they took a snapshot. I'll yeah. put that right here. Yeah, that was a part of the Warren's investigation. Yeah. Um, what's interesting also, I mean, while we're talking about it, uh, which we'll get into the facts of the actual case later, but um, is that nobody after the Letts has ever experienced another haunting mm-hmm. in the house. Coincidence? Maybe, Did it maybe follow not. him like like at the end of Poltergeist Two? Who knows? <laughs> Which stay tuned. We'll do Poltergeist eventually. That's a great one. Um, so yeah, the uh, this is the scene where we were talking about where they're walking through the different rooms, and as they're going through the rooms, as they're opening the door, we flash back to George De- or uh, to Ronnie DeFeo shooting the uh, the inhabitants of the room. Uh, what do you guys think of this editing choice? it would have been brilliant if when they get on the stairs the film doesn't freeze for like a good three or four seconds yes i noticed that too i think it it could have it it really could have been uh like very special but that that took me out of it because at first i was like (laughs) wait did i lose internet connection like did it just freeze i did the same thing i was like i thought my streaming stopped i was like and then it kept going. I was like, oh, wait a minute. I think that's in the actual thing. Yeah, because it's very, that, that, that bit is very sloppily edited, that part. But the, the idea, I think the concept is strong. I think it's a strong idea. Yeah, I think it's a strong idea, too. I had a lot of issues with the editing throughout this movie. I do, too. Yeah. We'll touch on more on that, but yeah. Yeah. Um, so um, here's the thing with this movie, guys. It's two hours long. And in that two hours, not a lot really happens. No. So... <laughs> We're going to kind of go by this beat by beat, but it's not like, you know, when you think of a horror movie, especially that's two hours long, you're like, oh, so some, a lot of shit probably happens, a lot of scares. Not really. There's a lot of scenes of them talking about, like, the temperature in the house. (laughs) I mean, that that does kind of set the... Yeah, it ties into the story, but it's it's kind of like the poem from fucking Wolfman. Like, he talks about how cold it is, like, every other scene. He's like... It's damn cold. How cold is it? Damn cold. <laughs> it's 74. It feels like 32. <laughs> I did say it that. It was 72. It was 72. It feels like 32 is what he said. 
Yeah, yeah. you said 74. Oh, oh, whatever. Either way. <laughs> You're like, okay, um, please. <laughs> so, the next big scene that happens is the uh, the arrival of Rod Steiger's character, Father Delaney. Mm-hmm. And he comes to bless the house. Now, he goes into the house and hollers for everybody. Nobody answers. And then he starts hearing kids upstairs. He thinks that he hears kids laughing. So he walks upstairs. And I was, I'm glad that they added that stuff in there. Because I, when I first watched, when I was thinking about this scene coming up, I was like, why the hell does this guy just go into their house? Like, Yeah, what a perv. What are you doing? But he hears them, so he thinks that the family's up there. And when he goes up there, um, he sees them out the window, and they're all outside um, walking, playing with the dog and having fun outside. And he tries to open the window to tell him that he's there, but it won't open. So then he's like, oh, what the hell? I'm here. I'll just bless, bless this room. I'll start in this room. And as he starts to bless it, um, the door shuts. And then he notices a one fly. Then he looks away. And then he notices like a swarm of 40,000 flies on the window. Then he starts coughing, having trouble breathing. The flies start coming. And then he hears a voice say, And of course he does. And he basically <laughs> leaves the house. Uh, this is one of the most famous scenes in this movie. What do you guys think of it now? Does it hold up? And is it effective? Lydia. I think... I think it's... I think it kind of holds up, but it's kind of not effective anymore. Um, it holds up because it's really impressive and terrifying that there are that many flies in that room. <laughs> and it's really disturbing to see like that sweaty guy in there with like flies crawling all over him. <laughs> Nick was like, how did they get that to do that? I was like, they probably put poop all over him. I don't know. <laughs> Rod Steiger so, just was a stinky man. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was like, I think he's just actually sweaty. And they just pumped this room full of flies. So that's really disturbing. But the I remember the get out being a lot scarier. I remember yeah. I remember the hype of people who had seen it who told mm-hmm. me about it. And I think yep. that's a lot in this movie is the hype of it of like, oh, and then this happened and then the goo in the walls and yeah, the, you yeah. Know, like Yeah. Which I have a lot to say scarier. about the end too. Yeah. Yeah. Derek. So I'm going to go off on a tiny, tiny tangent and I'll come back. Okay. (laughs) So like just in the last 20 years. So if you go back to like 1998 to what Lydia just said, like the hype of the movie, right? It's a true story. Like all these elements that make like that give this movie, this clout, right? Yeah. Now you can easily do a Google search and like (laughs) you can debunk like all these different things about it. So it, it definitely lessens that uh, the mystique of it a little bit. So that being said, um, I don't know that it holds up very well. I mean, uh, it's very, it is, is very impressive the number of flights that they got into that room um, <laughs> and how they were able to do those things. But the, the voice seemed really kind of tacky. It didn't. It wasn't necessarily as like demonic as it could have been. It was more like old man yelling yeah. at you. Yeah, it sounded, that's what I was thinking. It sounded like, it didn't sound like a disembodied voice. Right, like it didn't, it didn't yeah. sound threatening. Yeah, like, it, you know, if it was like some <clears throat> kind of demon sounding yeah. thing. Mm-hmm. But it was just some guy going, get out. And yeah. I mean, you know, thought it was, I thought it was fucking Dr. Loomis. 
<laughs> Lonnie, get your ass away from there. <laughs> so yeah, I I agree. And here's where a big problem of the movie with me starts, actually, is here. It's when I started to notice this. Now, Lydia, I talked to Derek about this a little bit. I'm about to ruin this movie for you. Oh, no. You're never going to be able to watch it without noticing this now. And and then you're going to start a game, which I kind of started. I didn't put an actual tally, but you're going to start counting these. This movie is definitely a product of 1979. Uh, in every other scene, there is a zoom. And I don't mean like a push-in. I mean like an old-school zoom. Yeah. You'll, it'll start on something, then it'll zoom into something. <laughs> And then it'll, or it'll zoom out from that angle. Huh. And it started in the fly scene. And then after that, like every other scene, even the scene where they make love, there's those zooms. <laughs> every, basically the end, the button to every scene in this movie at, after that point either ends with a zoom in or a zoom out. That's interesting. So the Amityville zoom is what I call this movie. <laughs> I don't think that's going to ruin it for me. I think that's maybe that's why this movie stands out because of that because you don't get that in i don't know it's like gives it its own style kind of well i mean it gives it the style of a tv movie is what it looks like like a tv movie from the 70s like those because yeah. mm -hmm. it's it's all a bunch of close shots there's some good shots in here there's some kind of wides but a lot of it is close zooms which is very indicative of of television in the in the 70s especially um, it makes the movie feel smaller instead of more, have more scope. Right. You know what? I, I think that, uh, so the thing that the last movie had going for it that we reviewed um, was the actual uh, directing style. Those well, yes, the crazy movie shots and. Yes, he's talking <laughs> about Evil movie. Dead. Yeah. He's talking about Evil yeah. Dead, which also has it great shots. I actually wasn't sure like where we were in the timeline yeah, and where this yeah, was going to, yeah. so I didn't want to like just say yeah. it. But like, uh, like that movie, you remember because of the camera angles, because of like the, the some of the crazy shots mm -hmm. that they did in that movie, and, and the energy, movie, the energy, yeah, of Evil Dead, it propels forward. This kind of yeah. lurches along, this, and we'll get yeah. into the that. The energy, the energy in this definitely could have been amplified a lot. I just imagine when we were talking about um, the voice, the Get Out voice, if that was done like by james wan it yeah. would have been terrifying yes <laughs> if, james if wan this, you could have had to do a remake voice. of this i that's what i'm trying to say like i want to see james wan do amityville yeah Wouldn't me that too be good? now yeah he would fucking crush this movie he definitely we'll start a it. petition next week yes okay. yes Let's right now it. we'll get, get back this into going. this movie but <laughs> 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 so um as they're going through the house, there's a bit where, um, like I said, there's a lot of just moments where stuff really doesn't happen. Like, I mean, it's it's domestic stuff in the family. And you kind of get, they build a little bit of like, so there's something not quite right. But it's not like the level of like poltergeist where it's like, there's some definitely weird shit going on here. It's mm -hmm. just like subtle things, little subtle things. And um, so one of the things I noticed is when he goes to tuck in so the, the kids play hide-and-go-seek, and the little girl, like, passes out, right? Mm -hmm. And he goes to take her upstairs uh, to bed. George does. 
And when he takes her upstairs, he turns off the lamp. And the lamp is the lamp that was from the original DeFeo house. It was mm-hmm. shot during the murders and put back together. So I thought that was an interesting touch that they had to have added to the movie. I don't think that was probably a real thing. Who knows? It might have been. It might have came furnished. But um, I thought that was interesting. Um, and then we just get, basically, this is where we start getting George feeling, he's, his mood's starting to change. He's starting to be a little more grumpy. And he's starting to talk about how cold it is, how he can't get warm. And um, it's starting to kind of drive a wedge between them a little bit. Um, between the, you know, the, the Lutzes, between Kathy and George. And um, around this time, uh, they decide, George decides that he's feeling a little better. He goes in and Kathy is doing like some kind of like staring at herself in the mirror routine that she does, I guess. No, it, it actually reminded <laughs> me of somebody like she used to be a dancer. and she Yeah, was... yeah, that's what it was. <clears throat> but we find that out a little bit. Once, once we see her leg warmer, <laughs> her one leg warmer, her one leg warmer. But she's like staring in the mirror. She's like, she's wearing like a shirt. You can almost see her boobs. And then uh, he comes in and he starts like kind of flirting with her a little bit. And then he takes off, she takes off his shirt, and we get the cringiest <laughs> love scene I've ever seen. In my life. Well, no, he come, he stands in the doorway and scares the shit out of her. Yeah, that's that's how it starts. It wasn't yeah. like he came in and was flirty. He scared the shit out of her. I mean, she, if like, that were my wife I mean, she and she was doing that, attack. I would have let her continue. Well, yeah, I mean, but I like she there was like too. she like almost had a heart attack. She did, <laughs> like, and then she's like, yeah, "Who loves you?" Point. Yeah, this is like really good. Uh, juncture to just talk about like what's what's this actor's name it's brolin what's his real name it's james brolin it's josh Brolin's james dad. brolin yeah like he is the the epitome of what you think of a man's man is you know what i mean like he's rough he's kind of quiet he's got the beard very rugged just think of him as your stepdad <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> how intimidated you'd be <laughs> yeah i mean that's but... before he's creepy but they try to show his sensitivity. Oh yeah, uh, in no, the I movie think that, that plays and very well. They, in the beginning. they try to show that he's, you know, he sees these kids as his kids in this movie. You know, yeah. like he's um, he's trying to make this life. And um, but yeah, in this scene in particular, uh, the just the way they shoot this love scene is hilarious to me. It mm-hmm. made me laugh so hard because it's like these again zoom ins and then into like blurriness and then they come <laughs> out of the blurriness into them like doing the Kevin Costner head tilt kiss. <laughs> Just like hilarious. So then the, <laughs> uh, you know, the daughter comes in and interrupts their Ruins sexy everything. time. So she takes her back to bed and, you know, that's where she talks about Jody and the, the window was open and it's, you know, she's like, Oh, it's so cold in here, whatever. So she turns down everything and then, uh, they go back to bed. That's kind of it for that scene. But around this time is when George starts waking up every night at 3.15. And we find out, we know the significance of that is at the beginning of the movie, uh, Principal Strickland said that they they were shot. <laughs> they were, uh, the, the deaths probably occurred between 3 and 3.15. Yep. So George starts waking up at 3.15 every 
Meanwhile, Father Delaney during this time is like uh, trying to reach the Lutzes, but he's having some big time trouble. He tries to call mm-hmm. them. Uh, he gets random blisters on his hand when he tries to call them. He tries to take the the other priest. I don't know what his name is, uh, so I call him Young Priest. <laughs> he tries to take Young Priest to the Lutz's house, and um, they the car the steering wheel starts messing up, and they start going on the traffic. Then the hood pops up. And they wreck. What do you guys think of all of this Father Delaney stuff? I'm just going to lump it all together. What do you guys think of this this part of the movie, this subplot? I don't even know what to think about it. <laughs> I feel like it was a uh, it was an idea that they had, like, hey, we need to involve this priest, but then they just didn't know how to really uh, execute it and weave it into the the end. Because I mean, to the the extent she goes to visit him at one point and he's nowhere to be found because he's went blind and it's just like that's kind of where that segment ends and it's very anticlimactic his involvement in this because yeah I mean, even the part where he tries to get the church and they're like they yeah we'll get to that scene we're quick. gonna get yeah. to that scene yeah what do you think lydia yeah i don't i genuinely i don't even it's it's not a part that stands out to me very much. Yeah, it's so, kind of a um, it's kind of a missed opportunity because I get what they're going for. I really do. Like they're going for um, you know that this guy is trying. He knows the danger that they're in, and this evil force is stopping him from getting there. So the family is kind of doomed without his involvement and that sort of thing. But it doesn't build that very well. Instead, you just get these kind of weird vignettes with this priest. Um, they kind of feel disjointed from the rest of the movie. Which is, I mean, the movie itself kind of feels disjointed, right? I mean. Mm-hmm. Um, and I will I, say that uh, him trying to contact the family, the scene you were talking about, is the first time I think that George really, that, uh, was it Kim? What was it, Kathy? Was it yeah. Kathy? I think that's the first time Kathy really notices like something is wrong with George because she she picks up the phone, but she can't hear anything and she hangs up and he walks into the kitchen and like who's that? And, oh yeah, I know, don't know. It was whatever, and he was like, it was probably some click call from China. Yeah. <laughs> so when she picks up the phone and she can't hear him, and she's like, like clicking the phone, like hanging. That's like hanging up, isn't it? In the old days, <laughs> in so the young. old days, not so much. Like I think it was kind of like tick, tick, uh, working she with the like, operator. Me and you know? Jake looked at each other, and we were like, "She's like, well, no wonder she can't hear anything. She just hung up on him a hundred times." What they used to do, they used to jiggle that thing, the top one. Tick, 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 tick. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, <laughs> operator, operator, give me a click call two three four. <laughs> I'm surprised yeah, that I she mean, wasn't doing the rotary dial. Yeah, that's what I guess that's where it confused me. I was like, I even said out loud, I was like, do I not know how phones worked? <laughs> now that would be like us just hitting the red button over and over. Come on, come on, come on, come on. <laughs> Are you there, Father Delaney? <laughs> now we also have color ID, so he could, she'd be like, who was that? Oh, that was Father Delaney. I couldn't hear him. 
probably should go over there tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. Also, you wouldn't have to have a scene where people go to the library to investigate now. You can just do it at home. Yeah, right. <laughs> We're going to kind of jump around a little bit here. Uh, because the middle of this movie just kind of all blends together, you know. So we're just gonna hit we're gonna hit the big beats, if that's okay with you guys. Yep. Is that fine? So going. That's fine with me. So going, you know, necessarily in order because around this Does it time, take us five hours is that what you're saying? No, no, no. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so around this time, uh, we're introduced to Kathy's brother. She has a she has a brother and he's like sitting at the at the thing, counting his money, just yeah. counting his money over and over. And this is what you talked about at the beginning of the thing. Well, <laughs> hi there, Como. How are you? How are you doing? All right. I guess it's time to introduce Como to yeah. everybody. This yep, is that's my cool. girl Como. <laughs> Thank you for coming to see me. How's it going? What do you think of the movie? Was this a good movie? Yeah. Okay. That was our minute with Como. Yeah. <laughs> our new segment. New segment. I guess she's uh, just hanging out. I don't know what she's doing. <laughs> so, um, he's counting the money, and we find out that it's money for the caterer. And <laughs> he, he needs it, and it's $15,000. So we watch him put it into his, his jacket. Yeah, $1,500. Yeah. So he puts it into the uh, his jacket pocket, and then they she, he goes over and hugs Kathy, and then George walks in and he looks like crap, <laughs> and he's like thinks he's coming down with a, with an illness because um, he just can't get warm. He's not feeling well, and um, they go to leave and he reaches for the money. He can't find the money, and it's like oh my god, the money has disappeared. So he starts like looking throughout everywhere by the way this is such a like so allegedly allegedly ronnie defeo's lawyer alleges that they came up with the amityville horror with he came up with with the idea with the lutzes over some a bottle of wine and some tape recorders and they started naming out scary ideas about what happened in the house and i mean maybe some stuff spooked them out but the bottom line is they couldn't afford the house that was the bottom line but um this is allegedly what he says and i'm not saying it's true or false but he says they're coming up with ideas and he mentions the money thing and that totally sounds like something somebody would come wouldn't it be scary if money <laughs> just disappeared and we couldn't find it yeah, that like would a, be scary. That would be terrifying, yeah. <laughs> but I don't know what the ghosts would do with it. Did they hit up the strip club? I don't know. <laughs> the demons well, do I mean, if you have a mischievous ghost and you're obviously, like, nervous and counting this money, then he even asks his sister to count it again. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know, maybe you're like, ha, 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 I'm going to take that money. Yeah, but, but now... How, uh... Oh, go ahead. Your version of the ghost sounds like it's a prankster and not an evil villain that's well, trying to... The... <laughs> Jody plays a uh, pivotal uh, role in this. She's the imaginary oh, friend or ghost, we, but I don't, I don't know. We will if... get to Jody. <laughs> so maybe that's just a, a something that I missed in this movie because I feel like there is Jody, who is uh, the little girl's imaginary ghost friend, and then there's the demonic presence. No, they're I, all the I same. I thought that they were two different things. No, okay. they're all the same. 
Jody is a manifestation of the evil that the little girl can see. That's why she tells her about the murders and how she wants her to stay there and play with her forever. Mm. So, yeah, I misread that one. So, um, they can't find the money, so George says he's going to foot the bill. He'll write a check for the guy. Don't worry about it. We'll write a check. So they go off to the wedding with the boys. And uh, Missy stays home with the babysitter. And this is a big Jody scene. So, like, the babysitter is, like, you know, the typical 70s oh teenager. The giant retainer. The, like, smart mouth. Don't get smart with me. Like, I mean... <laughs> Lori Strode, she is not. <laughs> she is not a Lori Strode. <laughs> if Michael Myers attacked that place, the kids would have been fucked, basically is what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> so she goes to get the pajamas in the in the um, closet, and the closet door shuts. And then she, like, freaks out way too quickly. <laughs> Immediately flips her shit and starts banging on the door and ble- bloodies her knuckles. And mm-hmm. is banging, and we see the outside, and we see the the chair rocking, and we see Missy just sitting there. Um, what do you guys think of this whole whole closet scene? I think it's pretty scary. Um, you know, I've babysat before, and I've house sat before, and it is weird um, sometimes going to someone's house and being there at night when like no one's there or kids are asleep and there's always like just like an uncomfortable feeling so like i feel like i like like this would be scary for sure like this is a scary scene for me for sure derek um i definitely felt uh the tension in this scene um especially like whenever george gets home and he's like there's no lock on the door like why didn't you just open the door it yeah, some like gravity to like what Why happened. They, to yeah, that. yeah, and then uh, the fact that the little girl just didn't help her. And not only didn't help her, she like it. fell asleep. <laughs> yeah, I'd get bored looking at the door too. But anyway, <laughs> but yeah, and just the and also like when she's banging on there and you see her knuckles getting bloody and then the light goes out. Like I, if mm-hmm. if, if you are in that situation. I don't know if I could think of something more scary than that. <laughs> than just I'd the probably light have going wet out. Myself. <laughs> Derek is afraid of all the darkness. <laughs> the like light that, is... that scenario. Yeah. I think everyone would be afraid of the dark in that scenario for sure. I'd no. have taken off that retainer and started chipping through the door. <laughs> just kick the kick the shit out of it. Yeah. No, uh, I agree. I think this is one of the better scenes in the movie i think it's the one of the best uses of suspense uh mm-hmm. because yeah you can put yourself there because everybody's either which is kind of the appeal of 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 the first halloween is everybody's been babysat or everybody has has been a babysitter one of the two right mm-hmm. so putting yourself in that situation of being in a stranger's house like you said lydia i remember i used to house set for a friend of mine and their house was supposedly like really haunted and I ex- didn't experience full-on hauntings, but I experienced some stuff I couldn't quite explain, some creepy stuff. I remember once being in the kitchen making food and just feeling like somebody was watching me in the other room. And I got that, like, you know, mm-hmm. goose goose pimples on my arm. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to 
to go back to the living room. <laughs> I need to go back. So I made my food. I like hurry up. <laughs> and then I sit in the couch and I look around. And I'm like, oh, this is this is good. I'm fine with this. The worst night was when I decided to watch The Exorcist. That was not a great idea. Derek, you <laughs> stayed that night. We was I drunk? Yeah, probably. <laughs> no, I don't remember it. <laughs> Must have been after the wee bowling. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness. So um yeah, th- so they're at the wedding and that's what I'm saying. Like there's just bits in this where it's just like it kind of develops like their story, but it doesn't really have anything to do with like the the the, the horror of the Amityville horror. Mm-hmm. Like they're at the wedding and the caterer comes up and he's like like He's like the freaking uh, paper boy from Better Off Dead. $2. You know, I need cash. <laughs> He's like follows him in the men's room with a paper towel. Give me some cash. I don't have cash, man. All I have is the the check. So you, And he's like, you're going to take the check and you're going to like it. So it like develops George as being more of a, an ass, but in the stakes, I guess, of it. Well, and the fact that... Uh... Sorry, I forgot her name. Anyway, so Kathy. That, that, Kathy. Anyway, the fact that Kathy is outside the men's room, and she's witnessing her husband act this way, and just from uh, all the background that we got, like this is completely out of character for him. I'm sure that had to be pretty uh, shocking. Yeah, but also, but also, it's a guy that's not feeling well, <laughs> and this dude harassing him in the bathroom. I would, I I would tell that guy to to fuck off if it were me to like, dude. Well, we told you the situation. We told you <laughs> we told you the situation, but most importantly, uh, I'm trying to trying to pee. <laughs> I don't need yeah. you in here. <laughs> well, and to be fair, uh, his intuition was accurate. Check bounce. Yes, the check hundred percent bounce. In a uh, scene a little later, um, that. Uh, his business partner comes and visits him and finds out that he hasn't paid the payroll checks. He hasn't been into the office. He doesn't know what day it is because all he can concentrate on is cutting wood to feed the fire because he's always so cold. And he's waking mm-hmm. up every night at um, 3.15. There's a scene where he wakes up, one of the first times he wakes up, and he goes down and investigates the boathouse with a dog. Mm-hmm. And then he goes and sits back down and there's this cat scare. Oh my god. What are your guys' thoughts on the cat scare? It did not work. Not, not even a little bit. What Lydia, do you the remember cat the just... cat's... No, the cat just jumps out and what is loud. You don't remember this? outside the window. No, I yeah, think... he... George is sitting, he goes after that whole scene, he goes to light a cigarette, he sits in a chair, and then a cat just appears in the window and goes, Rare! and he jumps, he's like, oh. Isn't it like really loud meow too? Yeah. I feel like I yeah. do remember that. Yeah. Derek, you pointed this out, actually, about how, how much you hated this bit. Yeah, it, it did not, uh... first off, it wasn't scary at all. <laughs> I just don't think that this, that part aged well at all. That's a hundred percent like an an old school like uh, classic Hollywood uh, scare trope is 
yeah. a cat jumps out or, you know, to scare you. I mean, it's even in some of our favorite movies. Like uh, in Halloween 2, there's this cat, cat scare. Um, it's just overdone. But if you do it right, it's still decently effective and it's fun. This wasn't either. Yeah. It just was there. Yeah. <laughs> and it was a black cat to boot, so. Maybe it was they church, all guys. The tropes. Maybe it was it church. Winston Churchill. It was. Before he decided to move in with the creeds. <laughs> he should have stayed with the with the Lutzes, it sounds like. <laughs> Things didn't end too well for him. Uh, so around this time is when we get the, the, the big blow off scene that you were talking about earlier with the with uh, Father Delaney and the uh his like superiors at the at the church. So the church yeah. is basically wanting him to cut loose from all of this, mainly to like um avoid bad publicity and what have you. Uh, they don't want to get involved in this. Uh, they've got to get the, the the swimmers and the Amity. Oh, I'm sorry. No, that's I was I'm confused because the mayor from Jaws is one of the priests. That's where I knew him from. I was like, yeah, he looks so familiar. I can't quite place him. He was trying to open the he was trying to open the beach regardless of the shark attacks. Just you know that that's just so his character. Just it is all the the dangerous stuff. Who cares? Hey, he's, he's typecast. He, he definitely was Whatever's typecast. better for business. Yes, yes. Uh, so this scene, when he... I think Rod Steiger gives a great performance in this scene. Mm-hmm. When he starts to uh, kind of explain, listen, I'm a psycho... You know, I'm a uh, psychotherapist. I know all... Uh, I know parapsychology. Uh, I know what's real. I know what's not real i know what my eyes see what my ears hear i know what i can feel and he goes through this whole thing um and then at the end of it he's crying he's like literally in tears because he knows that they're just gonna let this family you know that their fate be what their fate may be what do you guys think of this scene and stagger's performance in this scene i'll let you go first because i got some thoughts okay lydia um i don't really know what to i I can't really remember this scene very well. The, the pre-scenes just blow by right by you, don't they? <laughs> I think I just like zone They're out. They're memorable. <laughs> I was also really distracted while I was watching this, so. Just to put that out there. I'll just let you take it away on this one, Derek. All right, so here's my thoughts. He gives a very passionate speech. I mean, it's a very good speech. And you can tell, like, He's, he's got a personal relationship with this family. Mm-hmm. Um, so now he's Which like we find extra. out. Which yeah. we find out from Kathy <clears throat> that he helped her through her previous marriage. Yeah. So he's got a personal involvement with this. He senses the danger. He also senses that it's demonic. Like, And that speech is very passionate. And then you get Dickhead who comes Jaws in here. Mayor. and Yeah. And essentially tries to assort or... or uh, dominate the situation and assert himself as the superior i would have lost it on that guy (laughs) you you can't give that type of speech and then not follow it up with oh well you're not going to help then i'll find someone who does or attack him and that's (laughs) what you think like the that's what the natural arc for the character you think would be right like i mean exactly i was you would think you would think that after he was turned down by the church that he would say Fuck it, I don't care. I'm gonna go. Yeah, I'm gonna save this family. Instead, he just goes and 
prays in the altar. Bows his head. Yeah. And then loses his eyesight for no reason. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I I was very uh So let's just let's just lump, I was very disappointed it, in his lump character. it all together right now. Let's just lump it all together with the pre stuff. Uh because his ending is he goes blind and then he's just sitting on a park bench. And that's the last time we see him. Mm -hmm. Um what do you guys so thumbs down on the whole priest's storyline? Uh yeah, I think it kind of brings the story down. Yeah. No bueno. Okay. So let's get back to the uh the Letzes. Um George goes outside or George goes to the 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 library to find out because he he goes down in the basement. His buddy comes over when when I told you about when he was chopping the wood. His buddy comes over and tells him that they're running low on stuff, and he goes and you know the um his friend basically said or his girlfriend says, "Hey, this place is there's something wrong with this place. I don't I don't want anything to do with it." And so she stays in the car. He goes and talks to to um, George. And then uh, later on, George is like, um, he shows him the basement and he's digging at the, the dog's digging at the basement. And he's like, what are you doing? You know, stay away from there. He's digging at the wall in the basement. Mm -hmm. So he meets, after George goes and looks up um, the blueprints to the house, he um, meets with uh, his buddy, his, his co-worker. And they have like basically a, an altercation where he says, "Hey, you know, you're bankrupt in the city. Some caterers running around town telling him that you stiffed him." Which, by the way, <laughs> is this in the fucking catering circles? <laughs> Some caterer running around flapping his gums. <laughs> but anyway, uh, it was the uh, previous uh, form of Yelp. <laughs> It was called Bitch Around Town. Yeah, it's <laughs> gossip. Ah, George Letts, I know him. Stiff me for 1500 bucks. <laughs> After he yelled at me in the men's room. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, and their interaction, because you're talking about the bar scene now, right? Yeah, we're at the bar scene. Which, yeah. by the way, the bar is uh, called The Witch's Brew, which is taken directly from the uh, novel. Uh, the novel talks about George frequenting this bar, and it was the same bar that Ronnie uh, DeFeo <clears throat> frequented, except that the Witch's Brew doesn't exist in real life, so there's no way that any of that could actually have happened. So, yeah. <laughs> but either way, that's neither here nor there. Uh, yeah, so he, he pretty much provokes him into uh, punching him. And then it was, <laughs> this is a weird scene. I don't know if it was like the, the macho thing to do, but after 70s. like... Yeah, after he punched him out, he's like, all right, now are you ready to talk? Like, all that was a ploy just to get him to open up and punch you? I don't understand. So weird. listen, honey, I'm going to go meet George at the bar. Here's the plan. I'm going to provoke him into punching me right in the mouth. And then we're going to have a discussion. Talk. <laughs> so, yeah, basically, he starts talking with his, uh, with her and the psychic woman. And she starts talking about how she felt an energy at the house and tells the backstory of John Ketchum, which we get more of a backstory for in the uh, 2005 remake, actually. Yeah, um, good question. Yes. Because at this point, he's got the book, 
that he's going through with them, right? That he got from yes, the library. Yes, that he stole from the library. Which it's free to check books out. But right? he didn't want them to know that he was checking out occult books, is what I gathered from it, right? Isn't that what That's, you gathered, Lydia? That was the other option, yeah. Like, when he steals the options. book, it's so that that way, like, people don't know that he's checking out this book on the occult. Why did he... I just thought why he stiffed the library for it? a bunch of money. He Because I guess he was... He was thinks that the house is haunted at this point and because he's experiencing stuff remember he at this point he also <laughs> by the time this happens we skipped a bit where the he they hear noise and then the front door just blows out right so this is where the front door blows out uh earlier in this so the front door blows out they go they call the police uh they see that it was blown off the hinges from the inside the basement door was kicked in from the inside as well and that's when he's talking to the, that's when the dog's down there digging at the wall and the police officer shows up this is another thing this police officer's point in this movie is completely pointless guys mm -hmm. like um so we'll put a pin let's put a pin in the witch's brew for a second and let's talk about this police officer for a minute so he shows up to help investigate this this crime or this break in, and he tells him it looks like everything was broken in from the inside, but the windows were shut and there's no signs of forced entries in the basement. So mm -hmm. he's kind of confused on what's going. on. He thinks something fishy's going on, and that's all fine. But then he spends the rest of the movie, if for inexplicably, just brings him back to just follow certain characters around. follow certain characters around and that's kind of it and then he runs into the priest and then the priest says oh i don't know what's going on and he says all right <laughs> that's the end of his arc <laughs> i'm just starting to wonder if any of this movie actually made any sense it's starting to feel like it doesn't right you know what I, you know what i think we should do i think we should buy this movie uh, and then recut it ourselves <laughs> to make it make sense. <laughs> to make it make sense, because that's a great idea. These, these I think it would be ridiculous characters. It would I be think an hour would... and a half long. Yeah, it'd be an hour and a half long. First of all, so it'd be a lot tighter, yeah. and it would make more sense. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so back to the the, the story at hand. Um, Basically, George and we're starting to see more friction between George and uh, Kathy before this happens, mm -hmm. but nothing too major yet. But like, like we see the grocery thing where she drops the groceries and then, but it's actually he's kind of nice about it. He goes and helps her pick them up anyway, and oh, everything. that's after he like almost swings an axe at her head. <laughs> well, she does scare him when he's holding the axe. He says, "Don't you do that with a man with an axe." <laughs> And then, yeah. Like, well, I because I thought she like pinched his butt or something she, like that. She did, I think. And she, then like, poked him or something. <clears throat> yeah, finger right in the anus. <laughs> what are they called? He's that, like, uh... don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> now I see why he was upset. It's violating someone. <laughs> that that's got a name. I forget. The... Anyway, the shocker. No, never mind. <laughs> Moving on. The episode's unairable. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. yeah uh, she's doing it in a flirtatious way, and he, like, he does kind of turn it there, but I, he yeah, definitely he does. had, like, a 
Yeah, and that's what it's supposed to start to develop. Uh, also, the boy gets his hand crushed in the window. Uh, yeah. Around this time as well. Uh, this is also pointless, by the way. It's it's actually when his friend came to visit. The, the window falls down on the boy's hand, and they can't get the window up. It takes both of them, two men using all their strength to open the window. And then they're like, isn't it weird that none of his bones were broken? I was like... Well, that actually kind of sounds like less demonic than good luck. I mean, wouldn't you think the the demons would be like, break all those bones? <laughs> yeah, it does. That was definitely an odd thing. Yeah. This movie. To dwell on. Yeah, it, it's kind of odd. Yeah. So uh, I think that catches us back up to where we where we were with the witch's brew. I didn't write a bunch of stuff down because there was not a lot to say about a lot of it. So I just skipped some bits. But um so yeah, we get to the um, that witch's brew scene, and then uh, at the same time that that's going on, Kathy is at home, and she tries to call. She tries to visit the father. She can't see him. She tries to call him. He answers, but he or he goes to answer, but he can't. And then he, she just can't get a hold of him. And then there's a knock on her door randomly. She goes over, and it's like this neighbor this bum looking neighbor with a six pack and he's like oh sorry i tried to get here sooner but i was trying to welcome you to the neighborhood and the phone rings so she's like hang on a second she goes to answer the phone nobody's on it, it comes back and the guy is gone what tie-in other than that scene did this guy have none none i don't know it's supposed okay. to just be creepy you know Creepy because he was there and now he's not. So was he a ghost? And was she right for not letting him in? Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> so um, she goes upstairs and she goes to tuck Missy in. She's talking to her about Jody again. And uh, she says, you scared Jody. Because she hears her singing. Uh, he's got the whole world in her hands. And um, she goes in and the rocking chair stops and she's like, well, Jody ran out, ran out the window. Well, I better go say something to her. <laughs> this, this is when we see the Jody eyes. When I was a kid, my imagination took over and this scene was terrifying mm -hmm. to me. That was a bit that kept me up that night. <laughs> when I watch it now, it's terrible, right? Yeah. I mean, it's pretty bad. It's 100%. what is It's just like two red lights right <laughs> that's not what it is. it's so scary <laughs> it's it's like a fucking jawa there or something <laughs> it's, yeah well i mean and i don't even know if that was even decent for the times as far as no effects no go, but it looked absolutely terrible perspective star wars came out two years before this movie that's <laughs> the special effects were not impressive <laughs> hey so real quick weird. about uh your imagination you will never believe that uh, a couple of weeks ago I watched an entire movie and I thought it was in color. Yeah. Can you believe that? <laughs> My imagination took over. <laughs> so I've heard. So we've heard. <laughs> I hate black and white movies. Thankfully, this one's in color. Lydia and I are... What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> Wait, did you what? watch a did you watch a version that did was you watch color? a colorized version <laughs> wait let me check nope it was not in color one of the best moments by far 
Yes. <clears throat> so she sees this and it terrifies her because she's afraid of red lights. <laughs> <laughs> she got I a lot mean, of traffic tickets. It's, it's a whole thing. They, you know, they could have had something out of all the scenes in this movie that are not scary. They could have had something really scary here. And I know people that saw this movie when they were kids and were terrified by that. So, you know, they had something. I mean, it's the concept the... is really scary. It's a really scary concept that your child, and that's why they made many, many movies about this kind of similar thing that your child has an imaginary friend that's actually a ghost yeah. and you see the thing. That's a terrifying concept. Yes. Derek, can you imagine if Clark was talking to you about his imaginary friend, right? And then you, uh, you're like, oh yeah, that your imaginary friend Bobo or whatever. And then you walk into his room and you see a fucking six foot clown standing in the corner. Like that's terrifying, right? You're like, uh, yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. It, it's just like, yeah, we're out. But, um, so yeah, I get the the concept is really scary. Just execution is. Whew. You know, I mentioned the say bueno. that the uh, the cat scene was almost more scary than uh, <laughs> in this scene. At least there was a scary sound that went with it. Jody just was like bing, and then like uh, <laughs> then like music went bam bam bam. <laughs> so there's Jody, uh, but that's not our last glimpse of Jody. We'll talk about her in just a few minutes. So our crew comes up with a plan at the witch's crew, uh, the witch's brew, too. Uh, his friend says, hey, listen, I'll watch the kids for you. You and Kathy go out. You need to get away from that place, even if it's for a night. Which actually gives you potential to have some scary stuff happen that they have to explain to the Lutzes. So yeah. I remember as a kid, you know, that's kind of where I thought it was would be going. That's a logical story choice, I feel like, right? I mean, it's a logical story choice. I agree. But instead, they go there, and psychic ladies just, he's like, I'm going to go in and talk to Kathy, and you guys can come in in a few minutes. I'm like, what? what? <laughs> like, you're like, yeah. I got to make sure it's cool, guys. <laughs> I am married. But um, so the psychic lady is just like, I feel the pole. It's coming from the basement. That's where all the evil dwells, apparently, as, as, it, as it does. Mm -hmm. So um, George goes up and talks to Kathy and she talks about the Jody thing. And he's like, sure, it wasn't a cat. One of those fuckers scared me the other night. <laughs> That's probably what he's thinking. Listen, <laughs> jumped right out at me. Loudest cat I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> it was so loud. It's the loudest cat. Um, so the friend's wife or girlfriend, whoever she is, the psychic lady, decides to just go down into their basement without their permission, and then just starts, grabs a hammer, and starts demolishing yeah. the wall. Yeah. Now, I don't know about you guys, but I don't make it a habit of going into other people's houses and smashing down their walls. <laughs> if you yeah. went into an evil house, though, you don't ask, you don't ask permission. Jamie, if I ever, when I come back to your house, I'm going to bring a sledgehammer. And I'm going to start bashing down one of your walls. And I just want you to ask me what I'm doing. Because I've got the perfect response. What are you doing? <laughs> I'm remodeling. Yeah. <laughs> because I'm she... looking for ghost, ghost cavities <laughs> in your house. <laughs> the red room is around here. 
So he, George comes down and says, what are you doing? She's like, the, the evil's in here. And he feels it. He's like, you're right. There's, there's, a, there's a draft here. There's something here. Which I'm assuming is why he got the blueprints. It's never really explained. I'm assuming that's the point of it, right? Yeah. But he, so they smash down the wall. Oh, my God, guys. I'm glad we're all sitting down for this. And we reveal the red room. What are your guys' thoughts on the, the red room and the reveal of it? Might as well have been purple. It was really lame. Like, you could have had, like, skeletons in there. You could have had, uh, I don't know, like a herd of elephants in there. Something. I don't know where the elephants came from, but <laughs> something other than the, the walls just being painted red. And I don't even think it's uh, really uh, stated if it's blood or not. Is that an assumption that you make? I well, don't know, supposedly it, it was... the red room. Supposedly the red room is the gates to hell. Are you typing? Sure. No. <laughs> <laughs> Dang it! You can't hear that. I heard you hear it loud and clear. <laughs> it did not sound like that. Sounds more like. Lydia, what are your thoughts on the red room? Well, I'm trying to like just find a picture of it, and I so I typed in Amityville Red Room. Yeah. You know, there it is, nice. right? So right there, Lydia. Down, down one more, right there. Yeah, yep, right there. There's that. <laughs> there it is. There's the red room, and there's the Ronnie DeFeo. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. So what are I your think thoughts? It's funny that they. Uh... I don't even think it's ironic. I think it's funny that they made uh, the distinction that these two characters look alike. Oh, God, there's Jody like... right there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what? Where? Uh, kind oh, of in the middle. This... <laughs> yeah, right there. I mean, how scary is that? It's very scary. Very scary. Terrifying. You know, like... You know, like when you when you had like VCRs and they would just have this like lights, yeah. and you would just see mm -hmm. them in the in the nighttime. Yes, Dad used to call those vampires because it sucked his electricity. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> but uh, do you think that that is uh, was it a wise choice or a stupid choice for them to have these two characters and like they're trying to connect them uh, that they look alike? Well, that was a smart choice, I feel like, because it was based in truth. The, the The characters did look alike, and people had had mentioned that. They both kind of look similar. They both have the same... But it's the 70s. They just have the same style. They both like have brown hair. Everybody like that. <laughs> you know, a beard, a big curly hair and beard. So, yeah, uh, I don't know what that's supposed to mean as far as the movie goes. I guess they're supposed to make... You're supposed to make the connection that the, the demons are going to take him over, because they allude to the demons... Kathy has a dream that George is killing them all with an axe. Yeah. So they're alluding to the fact that he's going to repeat <clears throat> Ronnie's murders because the voices are going to tell him to. But that never happens. It never even that never even starts to happen. Except in the dream. Yeah, except the dream. There's um, a scene where he cracks. He's sitting downstairs by himself. Yeah. 
and he yeah. grabs his hair and he's like, you know, I'm Oh, that's apart. the most overacting in this movie, actually. I can't take it anymore. It's tearing me apart. Yeah. That whole bit. Yeah. I um, actually I I really like the the woman's acting. No, Margot Kiddo is very name. good in this movie. Margot No, Kiddo. not the friend that Oh, the psychic friend? Yes. Yeah. So during this scene right here in the in the red room, uh, he knocks the wall over and he sees a reflection of which we just showed you a picture of um, of basically Ronnie DeFeo looking back at him. It's supposed to be like the gates of hell is what the so portal to hell is what the red room's supposed to be, I guess. And then um, the woman starts reciting something and it's coming through with like a male, like the pre is that the supposed to be the priest priest's voice coming through her? Cause she's reciting it at the same time. And oh, that's really, it really doesn't make a lot of sense. So this is where the, in, the intercut scene is between them. Uh, the, yeah. The preacher is in the church and he screams and he's, and he's like, yeah, yeah, he's already, he's already blind at this point. I do believe. And he's just yelling. And then, um, yeah. So then, so that happens. They find the red room. That's a thing. And then um, the next bit is basically they have some more like kind of riffs between the two of them, right? Like she goes downstairs to confront him and like, you heard that noise too? You heard what was coming out of her voice? Blah, blah. And then he smacks her. And she knows like busts open, bleeding. Oh, yeah. And then he like plays it off like nothing happened. He goes and picks up his stuff, and she plays it off like nothing happened. I mean, she's terrified, of course. Then she goes to the priest. That's where she goes to visit the father for the last time, and they can't find him uh, because she's going through it. And so she goes and does her own research and finds out that George looks just like Ronnie, which... Is also mentioned at the witch's brew when the guy goes to give him his drink and he's like, You're a dead ringer for that DeFeo yeah. kid. So we get this hammered in like it was a poem explaining werewolves. <laughs> <laughs> and um <laughs> so doesn't the police officer make a comment about that as well? Yes, the police officer makes a comment of it when he meets him. Are you related to the family that lived here? Because you look an awful lot like him. No offense. You're just like, what? <laughs> Who says that to people? Whatever. Either way. So, the uh, basically, we're, go we're rolling towards the end here. There's this weird bit. I don't remember what the context is, but, like, she... Oh, they go to bless the house. They, grab, they go and grab the crucifix off the wall, and it's upside down, and it's stained black. So they grab it and clean it off, and they're walking through the house, blessing it. And then the cross falls out of his hand, like it gets pulled out of his hand. She goes to grab it, and then these weird, like, bumps appear on her, like boils. Is that what they're supposed to be? Do you guys remember this yes. scene? Then there's, like, really bad makeup on her face. Yeah, so this actually happens later on in the movie as well when he's 
about to hit her with the axe and he sees well, like, when, this old lady when he goes to hit her with the axe she turns into an old lady because that's a <clears throat> plot line from the book in the book they he talks about how she ages like 40 years in front of his eyes and she's like an extremely hideous old woman and and what have you so they tried to throw it in the movie without any context without meaning anything <laughs> just so confusing she just randomly an old woman i just thought he um, was afraid of old people <laughs> it's like, I gotta kill you um so yeah that bit happens what do you guys think of that of the whole blessing the house thing and then you think that's scary or anticlimactic? What do you think? It's a waste of time. I'm thinking I think I'm wondering why I've liked this movie for yeah. so many years that I'm just like, this is a great movie. Yeah. Like now that we're talking about it and analyzing it, it's like this movie is not actually that great. It's kind of you take off your nostalgia goggles and you're like, Ehh. Yeah, that must be that must be it. So we're in the end game now. Um and this is one of the most all right dr um, strange yeah <laughs> sorry one there's one this is where we this is the part of the movie that when i was a kid i always remembered being terrifying <clears throat> this is what i was building up to when i was watching it this last time i was like you know the rest of this movie has been very underwhelming to me and I'm not feeling it like i thought you know uh, like i thought i would it's just uh I was like, what? but the end here, the final night of the house, of them staying in the house, is scary. Like, all the shit goes down. So we're at the final night. And what do you guys think of the final night here? Because, he, you know, here's what we get. We get some bleeding walls. And stairs. We get some bleeding stairs. We get... Um, Kathy thinks that George is trying to kill the kids, so they're locked in a bathroom. This is where George goes is downstairs and he looks in the window and he sees Jody. Do you guys remember this? He sees Jody, who is like a pig. Yes, yes, yes. Do you remember this? And yep. it's horribly like composited in. It's a composite shot. It's not very well done. You, you want to pull it up, Lydia? I'm gonna look. I'm gonna look at it. Okay, look at it, and then we'll pop it up on the screen here. So he sees Jody, and that's why he grabs the axe to go upstairs. Is because he's, and that's why he's hollering for Missy, is because he sees the pig creature, and he's scared, and he's trying to get her away from it. Kathy interprets this as her him trying to kill the kids. I mean, he does uh, go at the door with an axe. Well, that's because he think he knows he thinks they're in there. I know. So he starts I... chopping it down. She's she's afraid, of course. <laughs> And she's like, don't hurt my babies. And that's where she randomly turns into an old woman. <laughs> oh, we're going to see it. There it is. Yes. Oh, uh, yeah. Is this not the most confusing thing? Yes. To it's, just see a pig. It's super confusing. So in the in the novel, they explain that Jody's like a pig-like creature, right? They describe her as being like uh, a really tall, big, and humanely, you know, like uh, unbelievably, unexplainably big creature with glowing red eyes that has a pig, like a pig and a dog mixed or whatever. Um, 
this is their interpretation of it, and it's this one shot right here, <laughs> and it has no context. So you have no idea what you're seeing. You, If we didn't know, if I didn't know the backstory to this, um, I would have no idea, um, you know, I'd have no idea who Jody is or that that was supposed to be Jody. I wouldn't know what that was supposed to be. Would you guys? No. Nope. So anyway, we, uh, <laughs> so he sees that, he goes up, saves her, or tries to save her, finds out that that's going on. That's no, not working. And, um, yeah, uh, they decide to leave the house. And so, guys, they just legitimately leave the house. No problems. Like, so the windows bust out. And um, the windows bust out. And uh, they just leave the house, right? I mean, there's it's not even like a challenge for them to leave. What do you guys think of this? Um... It's only uh, derailed once they realize they forgot their dog. Yeah, which, off. which, yeah, we'll get to. Which I wrote in my notes that uh, didn't he have a, a I, little bit of trouble getting the door open? Not really. Yeah, kind of like he's like, but he's just kind of casually looking back. It's it's not like there's not a lot of energy and angst for this horror that's happening around them, and they have to exit. Yeah, and for sure. um, yeah, I mean. First of all, about him going back for the dog, I would go back for my dogs too. <laughs> There's zero zero percent chance I would leave them there. Mm -hmm. I was thinking that when I was watching it last night. I looked down, Lily was laying at my feet, and I was like, "I'd come back for you. Don't worry." <laughs> but um, like, I just have a problem that the, the whole family was able to escape so easily. Like, there wasn't like more obstacles in their path to keep them there. It just was a couple bleeding walls. Some bleeding stairs, some flies, of course, because of course there's flies, and uh, that was it. George goes back in to save the dog, and again he falls through the stairs into like there's a blood pit randomly in the red room now, or a goop pit, which was alluded to earlier when the goop was coming out of the toilet, right? But he yeah. falls into a goop pit, and the dog ends up pulling him out of the goop pit. Then he picks up the dog and breaks a window and uh, they leave and the movie abruptly ends with a title, a, a title card that says, uh, Lutz family stayed here for X amount of days, uh, left their belongings, never came back and moved to another state. The end. So what do you guys think of the ending of this movie? Let's start with you, Lydia. Yeah, I am... I guess I'm realizing that it's not as good as I remembered it being. <laughs> it's maybe in a, it's a nostalgia thing. I love seeing 70s movies. It's just fun to watch. So I think it's a fun movie. But did, it is like when you actually look at it, it's like, why did they choose these things? I think all the choices were just poorly made. Yeah. So, like the ending in particular, right? I mean, 
when we think about the 2005 remake, which isn't spectacular either, it's fine. I think it's super serviceable. It strays even more from what the truth was, but there's stakes to that, right? We the family's actually in danger. There's a ticking clock. There's the the Ketchum. Then there's Ryan Reynolds' character trying to kill the family. He's possessed. There's all of this stuff going on. There's a big rooftop fight. There's it's momentum. It's building mm-hmm. to something. This one. Not there are so actual much. scares. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Derek, what are you? What are your thoughts on the ending of this movie? Um, it should have ended in the first forty-five seconds. Okay. Besides that, like, what are you, the actual <laughs> ending of this? It was real sloppy. Um, there, you know, you touched on it. There was absolutely no momentum. Um, it was kind of chaotic when he goes back for the dog, you know, that's fantastic. He falls through the floor and then the dog's kind of, I feel like trying to attack him. Yeah. He doesn't know who he is. Yeah. Yeah, And then, you know, it's, uh, it's just kind of sloppy. Well, I feel my biggest problem with it is that there's just, we're building up to this, and I remember it much scarier in my mind when I was a kid. And also, I read the novel, and the last the last night in the novel is really scary. It's it's really scary. I remember <laughs> reading this novel, um, by myself, uh, at night in my room, and looking over my shoulder just as I'm reading. Like, man, can you imagine if this stuff really did happen? That would be scary if it really did. But the way it's told, there's momentum to it. The, the last night is 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 more terrifying. In the, in the novel, characters levitate. Uh, that's stuff that happens. There's more supernatural instances, whereas in the movie, there's not really a lot, is there? Mm-hmm. So I guess it's a good place as any to kind of just discuss the overall movie. Um, so real quick. The last thing I'll say about the specific ending is it really threw me off when, like, she was an old lady. Like, there was <laughs> you're still harping on it. Yeah, context to that, it just didn't make any <laughs> sense because he, he looks at her, and then not only that, but like, does he not recognize this person because he swings the axe at her? He does <laughs> not. He does not recognize like, her. Yeah, it just it. it that, that kind of sums up the movie. Like, ah, we're going to throw this random thing in there. We're not really going to explain any of it. Just go with it, I guess. Yeah, so what I feel like they tried <laughs> to do, they tried to give us the best parts of the novel. Um, and I think maybe if it was in, under a different uh, direction, maybe it would have been better executed, some of these ideas. But the script yeah. doesn't help either. You know, They had two hours to convey these ideas. <laughs> they did, and they spent a lot of them a talking of about downtime. house finances and, uh, you know, the mayor well, from I mean, Jaws. Even, yeah, even like that, that right there, uh, all these like kind of side stories that they never really truly paid off. Like you could have invested that time into the story building and made that like at the end, whenever she appears, she's old, given, give some context to that earlier in the movie or or you know build that up a little bit but you're i think you're right it's just they spent all this other time on <clears throat> these subplots that didn't make any sense listen they they payoffs. tackled real horror like checks bouncing and missing money <laughs> it's true and george randomly they, having they... bites on his on his uh leg which by the way that doesn't make sense in the movie right that he has the leg bites uh-huh 
the context for it is that dragon, that statue, dragon statue is supposed to have bit him because in the novel, something similar happens. I think it's actually with the bearskin rug instead, but it's supposed to have come alive and bit him. So instead, we just have a random scene where he's sitting downstairs and he has bites on his leg and we just kind of pan towards the dragon. And, you know, you're just kind of like, what? Did the dragon bite him? <laughs> so that also Wait, makes what? me wonder if there's a director's cut out there that's like two and a half hours long. No, I, I don't want to watch it. I don't want that to be I even mean, more boring, either. I would feel like. But uh, maybe that gives some context to these strange things. So, um, let's 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 kind of discuss it let's talk about our feelings on this movie now that we've we've just we've kind of broke it down lydia um what do you feel about this movie now we i'll give you time to make your pumpkin rating but what are your thoughts on it he seems so dejected i don't know what to say i did i pick this movie yes like i really before this watch I really liked this movie. I was really excited to watch it and talk about it. I've seen it plenty of times. And now I'm like, I'm just like a little bit let down, I guess. Because I really thought this one was going to like hold up and we were going to be like, that was scary. And now I'm like, man, this movie isn't scary. (laughs) There's no, I mean, there's no real scares except for the threat of, you know, losing, like, losing the idea of family and family Hmm. members. Yes, which is kind of, I feel like, the central theme of the movie, if there was Mm -hmm. one. And I feel like it uh, a more craft, a a better craftsman of a filmmaker would have crafted the story in a way that would, because the story relies on dread, right? Mm -hmm. A real craftsman, like a James Wan, Mm -hmm. would be able to tell this story where we feel the dread in every moment. So these kind of slower scenes are building towards that dread. And we're afraid for this family and <clears throat> what could lurk around the corner. Mm-hmm. The problem is the pedestrian-ish, and I hate to say that. I don't want to sound cruel or or like I'm knocking somebody, but the, the, the direction is kind of pedestrian. And it's kind of, there's just the, that and the editing, it lacks energy to move forward, I feel like. So it's just instead of being dread, you know, like inducing dread, it's just dreadful. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you get it. You get it. Like it's, they kind of are pushing it too. Cause they're like, you know, you get the beginning with the red and it's like a warning. And then you go into them walking through the house and it's cutting every five seconds to kind of like hammer the idea that, these murders happened right here and then they just keep like saying things that are supposed to be scary but they never really like are (laughs) it's like this movie went to the school of uh they did the opposite of filmmaking they do tell don't show so you know a big (laughs) filmmaking no-no is to tell don't show you want to show your audience so if which is which is more effective if i have two characters sitting down and character one tells character two, hey, this happened on my day. And this explosion happened and I fought these ninjas. Or you see character one go through the journey of the explosion and fighting the ninjas. 
since film is a visual medium, obviously scenario two, right? There was a scene though where she is in the kitchen and she like, <laughs> it's like the camera's behind her and she's got the pigtail. We didn't even mention that she has those pigtails. There's a lot of, it's movie. the 70s. It's the 70s. These Call pigtails. Those bicycle handles. Are oh, the worst pigtails you could possibly have. But so she's in the kitchen and she turns around and she's like, <laughs> she sniffs like ferociously and like looks around mm -hmm. and she's like, they never talk about, but like obviously she like smelled like a perfume or something. It's supposed to be the that foul, was, it's supposed to be the foul odor. Uh, there's was, sulfur. These are things that are in never, the novel, but they never, they never come out. Yeah. It. Yeah. Are they like expecting everybody that sniffs. watched? <laughs> it's like they're expecting everybody that's watched this to have read the novel and be like, "Yeah, oh, ah. this isn't a Batman comic book, guys. This isn't like something that's been read by <laughs> millions of people throughout the world all the time." So it's not like you know when you see the Joker, you're like, "I know who that is." So of course you do. Mm -hmm. It's the Joker. Batman's been around for eighty years. You know? <laughs> like, yeah. What are you thinking? <sighs> yeah this movie Derek what are your uh kind of just thoughts on the movie Lydia is dejected because we she's just been open her eyes open and she's thinking oh my god <laughs> this is a bad one <laughs> um, breaks my heart it is kind of heartbreaking because you do uh like I said I only had one real memory of this movie and that was him losing the <laughs> money but like <laughs> You Wait, know, I remember talking about we've got to talk about that real fast. I love that in this movie, <laughs> that's the only thing he remembered. That shows how not scary it is. We should have taken that as an omen, really. Yeah. That your only memorable like my always takeaway was Jody's eyes, the pig stuff, and and uh, you know, the bleeding walls. But years was like, I remember a guy losing money. <laughs> Go ahead. Um, so yeah, you know, uh, I feel like the the a couple of things with this movie that uh, really bring it down. One is the uh, taking it in a direction and not connecting it somehow, or the randomness of some things. Also, the editing in this movie. There's one that we didn't talk about that I did write in my notes, and it's when George goes down to the basement for the first time. And one of the young boys follows him down there, and you just cut to him like falling down the stairs. <laughs> well, it shows the and... it shows the light burst. <clears throat> yeah, is what caused him to fall down the stairs, I guess. Yeah, but yeah, it's but just like, like boom, boom, boom. I didn't even know he was following him. <laughs> you know I mean? Yeah, like, well, no, we didn't know that at all. Yeah, there's no context to there's. Uh, there's one really weird there's one really weird edit since we're talking about it real fast. There's one really weird edit where like I guess most of the way through the movie or so um we get a bit where uh it just for no reason flashes back to the red tint uh of the yeah. house. And like it just doesn't make sense. It's just there kind of like to fill a frame. And yeah. when I watched it I was like why is why is that there? I wrote it in my notes. It's like, that's that's weird. Let's just go into your thoughts and ratings on this. So what would you give Amityville? And what are your final thoughts on this one? So I gave Amityville a 6.5. And maybe that's too generous, I guess. I don't know. But 
Uh, I will say that <clears throat> this movie could have been a great movie. It could have been a good movie. It had a very strong opening, aside from that like freeze frame on the stairs. And then I feel like it was all downhill from there. So, so do you think this movie is scary? No, I don't think this movie is scary at all. Honestly, okay. the, the, the saddest thing about this movie is uh, the degrading of the relationship between George and the kids and his wife. Because you could tell, like, in the first part of this movie, like, he they really do love each other. And I thought they had really good chemistry in the beginning. And so like that aspect, just to watch him deteriorate over the course of this movie was the saddest thing about this movie. But again, not scary, right? Nope. I just want you to, I want you to think about your rating when we, as we go through this. (laughs) (laughs) Lydia, what are your thoughts on Amityville and what are your rating for it? So I'm going to rate it. I think I'm going to give it a five. Um, I think the best thing about this movie is the acting. Mm-hmm. I think it's really the good actors, too. The actors did amazing. They were yeah. all great. They're all fun to, to watch. I didn't, I wasn't like bored by the acting. And I think that's probably why I'm fond of this movie. Um, the, yeah. You know, they're great. The, all the actors are great. Yeah, I agree with that. I especially like uh, Josh Brolin and uh, Margot Kidder a lot. I think they're really good, mm-hmm. well cast in this movie. And uh, like like you said, they're both, you know, good looking people, easy on the eyes. And mm-hmm. like they have a great smooth chemistry together, like you said, Derek. So, yeah, I agree with that. Anything else you want to add? I think that's it. I don't have anything else I want to say. About Is this it. movie scary, Lydia? No, it's not. I like that's that's the interesting thing is that it is more just sad. Um yeah, it's more sad than it is scary. I mean, maybe it's that's the scary thing is how sad the relationships are in this. It's like nobody wants that, you know. Nobody wants to see a relationship disintegrate. Um, especially if it's like caused by something that's unseen, you know? Yeah. I mean, that's a good analysis you guys have with the relationship thing. Um, I think the saddest part about this movie is the editing. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You're not wrong. So I grew up with this movie and I was talking to dad about it earlier and he was like, Oh, that's a good one. That's, that's a scary one. Yeah. That's a fun one. It's great. And when I watched it last night, I wrote all these notes and I was like, man, I don't, I don't think it's very good. I just don't think it's a very good movie. I still have fondness for it. I, I still will have a fondness for it, I think. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, this doesn't seem like a, this isn't a very scary movie. I was like, I'm not, it's not even spooky, like creepy. It's just a lot of just stuff kind of happening. And then most of the time stuff not happening. Uh, so I came into this review <laughs> prepared to give it about a six. We talked about it. I hashed it out. And the fundamental question that kept popping into my mind was what I kept asking you guys, which was, is it scary? This movie is called the Amityville Horror. Is it scary? It's not. 
So the Amityville gets uh, horror gets a four for me. Four out of ten. Yes, it's the oh same rating God. as Puppet Master. Wow. You know why? Because Puppet Master is entertaining. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And there's there's actual oh, kills. Something happens. Yeah. Maybe I'm being too harsh. Maybe I'll come back and think about it. We'll do like a yearly wrap up at the end of this season, and maybe I'll uh, re-rate this movie a little higher to maybe a five. But uh, right now, I'm thinking it's a, you know, I'll give it a little nudge. It's 4.5 out of five out of 10. Because <laughs> I feel bad giving it this exact same rating as goddamn Puppet Master. <laughs> it's just not very scary, and it's kind of sloppily made. They were trying, in my opinion, they were trying to make a prestige horror film like The Exorcist. And I think that's where a lot of different plot points come from, too. I think that's where the priest plot point comes from. Mm -hmm. I think that's where the detective plot point comes from, is, um, you know, the exorcist being the, the cultural phenomenon that it was. Mm -hmm. And you have to also remember that when this came out in 79, horror was moving away from that trend as well. They just didn't know it because they while they were filming this, John Carpenter's Halloween was released, which changed the landscape of everything. Mm -hmm. You know, changed it from the boogeyman, you know, like the haunted house to slashers. So, yeah. Uh, 4.5 for me, guys. You sticking with that 6.5, Derek? Yep. You're just being stubborn. You know you want to lower it. 6.5. Look at it. Yes. <laughs> Did you give it a point five now? Oh, no, it was. I take point five. <laughs> Isn't that funny that he gives like good movies bad, and then he gives bad movies good? Yeah, we're gonna like have points? to work on his rating system. <laughs> Maybe if we keep judging it harshly enough. Yeah. Okay. So I mean, I never. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I really want to defend this. this I do too. There's a there's a part of me that really wants to not give it that low of a rating. There's part of me yeah. that wants to talk about how good it is, but I. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. it's I just, know exactly what you mean. I'm the one that picked this movie. Yeah, when we were discussing it, like like seriously, I had it as a like I wrote six out of ten. I was like, that's about six out of ten. And then we discussed it, and we talked about it more and more, and then I started seeing all the zooms in my head and i'm like nah <laughs> nah man it's it's not i mean i wouldn't go as far as to say it's a bad i don't think it's a bad movie i no. think it's uh just boring and not scary mm -hmm. and slightly sloppy and confusing <clears throat> and very confusing derek you just talked about all the confusing shit in this movie and you're going to give it a 6.5 <laughs> yep I think Usually, the acting deserves a 10. The acting is very good. Well, I wouldn't say a 10. I would say about an 8 because there are points <laughs> where they kind of go a little too over the top with some of the acting. Mm -hmm. um, you know what but I'm talking about, a, Derek? It's a horror oh, movie. Yeah. Like, it should have been that amplified. It should have been over the top a little, you know? If that was the tone they were going for, but the tone, they're going for like more serious. This yeah. is a serious really, the... motion picture. The only consistent thing that they had that I can really recall from this movie is that, like, how he just deteriorates scene by scene. 
Every time yeah. you see him, he, he looks a little weaker. He looks a little more uh, tired and worn down. Um, yeah. That but, is yeah, fixed. overall, it's just... That's about a 4.5, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, I might <laughs> go so far as to lower it to a, a 6, but I'm going to stay at 6.5. <laughs> We're already wearing Stubborn. him down, Lydia. We're Ooh, already man. wearing him down. We almost got him right there. <laughs> I think what we need to do to really get a full picture is watch the remake with the Ryan Reynolds one. What year did that come out? 2005. 2005. That's a bad... To... That's, a, that's not a great year for horror, I feel like. No. No. But no. I do, like, after watching this, I think that one is at least scarier well it's definitely one. i think it's definitely scarier it's it's a uh it has more it's definitely more energetic mm-hmm. and it's a lot shorter i think too which <laughs> <laughs> goes a long way um what what's on the agenda next week derek children of the night children of the oh god damn it <laughs> two back-to-back stinkers really well <laughs> This one's gonna definitely not get above a five from anybody. <laughs> Children of the Night. So, uh, where can folks watch Children of the Night? <laughs> you can't. You have to buy it off the internet. Okay. Okay. So this is a great movie to review, so people can watch along. <laughs> great decision by us to do this movie. <laughs> I put this on the uh, the shared drive, so uh, Lydia, we'll have to get you connected so that you can watch this movie. So Children awesome. special. Children of the Night. I'm really, uh, folks, I don't know where you find this. Uh, maybe some people out there know about it. I don't know where to help you. This was not our greatest marketing idea to do this one. This was a Derek pick. <laughs> so blame him. <laughs> you know what you guys should do? Movies that nobody have seen and or can watch. Or haven't heard of. Or... Well, this is the second one. Derek also picked popcorn. That's true. What are we going to do? All right, so Children of the Night. Uh, what year is that from, Derek? I have no idea. Uh, <laughs> up so I can give our audience some some heads up. Let's see, Children of the Night. I have no idea. It's from nineteen ninety one. Nineteen ninety one. Yes. So nineteen ninety one's Children of the Night. <clears throat> Search it out. Hopefully, you can find it. Um, we will. Uh, be doing that one next week. In the meantime, uh, watch out for some uh, new news on the movie that that probably has already come out by the time this episode airs because we'll be releasing the release date for the movie. Um, what what I forget? Oh, you're right. You're right. You know what? Before we do any of that, we've got to agonize the Amityville horror. I didn't want to bes- I did not want to besmirch Tom Atkins' name with this movie, but let's do it. Who would Tom Atkins play, guys? I kind of already know who who we would play. The preacher. Who would he play? You think he'd play the preacher? Yeah, why not? Uh, Lydia, who do you think he'd play? Um, I know we're attached to these actors, but I know who Tom Atkins would play. Hand who down. would he play? I would cast Tom Atkins as George. Yeah. I would cast him as George, for sure. Let him imagine Tom Atkins swinging an axe, you know? Yeah. And, you know, he does have a sex scene, so he's, you know. Yeah, he's in there. He's in there. Yeah. Yeah, I say George. I love 
I love uh, James Brolin in this. I think he's perfectly cast. <laughs> but, you know, you can't go any better than Tom. Tommy A for the win always. I actually take my uh, my pick back. I would probably make him the uh, the friend, like the co-owner of the business. I was going to say maybe the friend. But, yeah, I don't know. It had to be George. I mean, we could cast him as uh, Jody. <laughs> <laughs> instead of instead go. of the eyes Derek I want you to create <laughs> an image right here where it's uh, Tom Atkins head in the tree instead of Tony's blinking eyes <laughs> that probably won't happen but I'll see what I can do I'll create it you just put it in right here okay instead you, you of it, I'll put it in there just photoshop the pig out of the window and <laughs> just, just put have... Tom Atkins in the window <laughs> We'll put him from like fucking uh, Night of the Creeps with his trench coat and everything. <laughs> I love it. That's a great idea, I think. And uh, well, I guess that's uh, Amityville. It's been agonized, and we have decided that it's not as good as we remembered. Sometimes nostalgia plays tricks on us, guys. Um, so be sure to like, subscribe. Uh, visit the Facebook page at Hyla Productions. Uh, visit us on Twitter. You can follow me at Racket, R-A-K-K-E-T. You can follow us on Instagram at Screen Bloody Movies. And um, you can also uh, see us, obviously, on the YouTube page of Hyla Productions. Stay tuned for movie updates. They probably have already been released about the release date of the movie. Uh, and you'll get all your new news about Secret Admirer and the other stuff that we're doing. Also, stay tuned for um, some special stuff coming up. And uh, hopefully you liked our costumes from last episode. As a matter of fact, if you did, be sure to comment uh, your favorite version of Tom Atkins that we yeah, were last week. Yes. So uh, without... Do you guys have anything else? Um, maybe... If anybody enters into our costume contest um, next episode, we'll give a shout out to whoever we think is the best costume. Yes, so we'll yes, so we'll have to splice that bit into the episode before this one. <laughs> That's why I was like, how do I say? Yeah, I yeah. know we talked about like yeah, so people let's... enter there on a future episode. We'll call you out. Yes, yes, because yes. it can't be. Well, this, this episode's up. The, <laughs> the, costume, the costume's already going to have have happened, so we have to do yeah, it in the Halloween had, episode. Oh, okay. Yeah, but we hadn't have filmed it. Yeah, well, you know we'll be working it. Right. Yeah, yeah. So it'll have to go after this one. Well, Halloween takes place before this one, so yeah, I know it'll. We'll call it but out they're... on Halloween and tell them to comment on this episode. Okay. We'll, right? we'll figure it out. Network? Like that? <laughs> we'll either way, either way, uh, like, subscribe, and all that good stuff, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I've lost completely. I was on a roll. I got messed up. I'm I don't so know what's going on so No, uh, definitely, if you've entered the, the contest, we'll be announcing winners uh, probably by the next episode. So uh, be sure to keep an eye on all the pages and remember for. Lydia Judy and Derek Lamaster. I'm Jamie Hiles. And if you're going to scream, scream, scream bloody, bloody movies. Bloody movies. <laughs>
You guys were in sync. I was like way ahead of you guys. <laughs> Screen bloody movies. Right every week. See you next week, folks. Ha, 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 ha.